Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. I'm your host, Aaron Free. And today, Israel is under a radical Islamic terrorist attack. Rockets are hitting Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Ashkelon, Sorot. Uh, we have a man on the ground in Jerusalem right now, and we're going to talk today with Israel Stefanski from the Unsdorf neighborhood of Jerusalem. I met Israel Stefanski in July of 2002 in the old city of Jerusalem during the first Intifada. Intifada is a violent Islamic attack and when buses and restaurants were being blown up. And uh, I met him in a Jewish deli, and I didn't speak Hebrew, and I was trying to order food, and this young man came up and said, let me help you, and he, he ordered food for me, and we sat down. We had this wonderful meal and conversation and found out that this young man, Israel Stefanski, worked for an organization, Zaka Israel, during this uh, intifada, was, uh, would go into the areas of the, the terrorist suicide bombings and, and uh, help put Jewish bodies back together uh, after the explosion because uh, in Jewish law, a Jewish person uh, must be buried with their own blood. And so Zaka Israel was a, is a holy organization that, that worked tirelessly to help uh, families uh, in grieving and, and help the burial of Jews according to Jewish law. Uh, Israel Stefanski wrote a chapter in Israel Team's new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. He tells a story when he was 15 years old during the, the first intifada, and uh, he was standing on a street corner waiting for bus number 18 and it exploded right in front of him and instead of running away from the bombing he ran towards the the bus and went inside and saw body parts and children and elderly that had perished and and did what he could and realized he needed to do something uh, to help Israel during these terrorist attacks and so he became uh, an emergency management technician and today, Israel Stefanski is the president of Advanced Security Training Institute, which uh, helps American first responders, trains them in you know, what to do in a terrorist attack. They work with our homeland security. Uh, they travel to Israel, and uh, Israel Stefanski's team, uh, they help train them in counterterrorism. So nearly a 20-year friendship with Israel Stefanski. He's lived with my family uh, over the course of 20 years. He's come to visit. He's been to all my three daughters' weddings. And Israel Stefanski is a third-generation Israeli. He lives in the Orthodox Unsdorf neighborhood in Jerusalem. And so this morning, we're going to talk uh, to Stefanski all the way from Jerusalem, Israel. So Israel, how are you doing today and under this present circumstances? Overall, I'm doing great. I think the overall environment in the country is great. But the second part of the feeling is enough is enough. Meaning in the sense, Israel, as much as it's called an apartheid state that the left and the anti-Semites and pro-Palestinians want to call it, 
Israel feeds Gaza, even at this moment, while Gaza is firing rockets towards Israel, their electricity is paid by Israel and they have electricity. While whoever feeds them electricity is sitting in bunkers, you know, from the rockets they're shooting. Everything that Israel does for them is to try to help them live their life. They get millions of dollars from countries around the world that support Gaza. And instead of using the money to help the people, they use the money to buy and build rockets to eventually shoot into Israel. So what I mean by this is the Israelis said enough is enough. We've given the chance for peace. We've given them everything. And now you come and do this for what? Enough is enough. So I think now Israel is fired up to put an end to it once for all. Israel, I was reading in the Al Jazeera, which is the Arab uh, news source, says this, the Palestinian custom of mobilizing for operations and intensifying them in the month of Ramadan is inspired by Islamic history, which is replete with wars and conquests that took place during this month because the Muslims clearly made special efforts to carry out attacks. And then in Islamic theology, it says Ramadan is a month of holy war and death for Allah. It is a month of fighting the enemies of Allah and God's messenger, the Jews and their American facilitators. Ramadan is the pious month of jihad. Those who attain martyrdom while waging jihad, doors of heaven remain open. And so we're coming close to the end of the month of Ramadan. And historically, that's why there's been so much violence during this month towards Jewish people worldwide and especially in Jerusalem. And now just in the last several days, there's been you know, many, many rockets attacked against Israel. So at present time, Israel Stefanski, how many rockets have, have hit Israel? As of the last few moments, we've reached over a thousand rockets in the last few days. Now, what they do to overcome the Iron Dome, because Israel has the Iron Dome system, so we feel pretty safe, but they learned how to overcome, so they shoot at once 50 rockets. So when you shoot 50 rockets, the Iron Dome works up to a certain amount that he can take down, some will always go through at that moment. So we're fighting that kind of methodology of the war. And as you said, yeah, Ramadan is a holy uh, month. If you translate it to like the Jewish calendar, it's like the month of before um, the Day of Atonement. You know, in, in Jewish history, you have Yom Kippur. So now the last few days of Ramadan it's called it's called Eid al-Fitr, and that's like as if their Day of Atonement's the end of their holy month. What what does that do in in Israeli society, Israel, as far as like post-traumatic stress syndrome? How does that affect the culture, the society of the Jewish people living in Israel when when there's a thousand rocket attacks in just a few few days, few hours? I think the the concept of the post-traumatic stress that Israelis go through, first, you're born in Israel. So most of your life here in Israel, you you live with, under a certain threat of terrorism mm -hmm. that may take place. But in the areas that get the rockets, and they live in Sderot and Ashdod and the areas on the coastline, they get the rockets most of the time. 
think of the last 10, 15 years that the Rockets have come over. Some kids were born into Rockets. They don't know anything other than that. Mm -hmm. So the constant fear where you have five seconds or if you have 15 seconds or if you have 40 seconds, if you if the Rocket comes like it came this morning and yesterday to the, to the Tel Aviv area, you have a little more. You have maybe 60 seconds knowing you have 60 seconds to save your life and it's a rocket right. it comes from you've never idea there is a fear there's stores today in Tel Aviv that are closed because of the fear of what what's going to be this evening or even hmm. now i mean every few minutes rockets come over yeah so these are kazim rockets explain to us what a kazim rocket is kasam rockets what explain Kassam to us rockets. they yeah. call the names of the rockets based on their different type of people that built it. So Kassam is the main ones, and then they have larger ones as well. We, right, we call it 120, they call it Kassam 1, Kassam 2, Kassam 3. It doesn't, you know, based on the length of the missile and the range. So the, the newer um, missile um, technology that Hamas has I mean, those those missiles can reach into Jerusalem, right? Yes, yes. This week, they shot rockets into Jerusalem. Amazing. So, the, interesting, the, in the Abraham Accords, you know, all these countries in the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, Saudi Arabia, uh, they haven't said much the last month about uh, Israel retaliating uh, against Hamas for all these rockets, why do you suppose they're being so silent? I think they, they know the truth about how it all started and how it all began. And they know, I mean, the Arabs go and say it's because of the Jews want to kick out Arabs from East Jerusalem, or they say it's the Jews are trying to conquer the Temple Mountain. And all that is false and a blood libel. And they know the truth. So why should they mix in? Remember, they're not family members. What I'm saying is, mm -hmm. the Palestinians is one type of, 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 you know, of Arabs that live in Israel. Why should the other Arab countries that want peace and live normal have to get involved? What is their gain? Right. So it's interesting, the false headlines that we're reading yes. the last week or so. It's, I was reading in... in uh, one uh, international news source, and it had a video of, and I'm not sure which city it was in, if it was in Jerusalem or in Lod, but there was a taxi driver with, with two Israeli occupants in the backseat. The taxi driver was Israeli. He's driving through the streets, and suddenly there's a, a riot of Arab rioters that are throwing rocks at the, the vehicle and attacking the vehicle and, and trying to pull out the occupants to beat them to death. And so the taxi driver, he backs up, and as he backs up, there's a whole other uh, you know, group pelting the car with rocks. He pulls forward. He's surrounded. So finally, he, he tries to escape the area, and his car gets stuck uh, you know, in a, on the edge of the road. And luckily, a police officer arrives and shoots his gun into the air, and he rescues the three occupants of the car after they'd been bloodied and injured. Right. And so this news source came out and, and said, and the video, someone took a video of this whole event, and the, the headline said, Israeli 
taxi driver tries to uh, kill uh, Palestinian riot rioters with his vehicle. So, you know, that's that's the lie of the news media. And there's so much false reporting. Correct. And that was in Jerusalem in the old city. Okay. And and that's where it took place. And yes, the headline news is false. And they want one reason to blood libel Israel. That's, you know, the world, the left, whichever way you want to put it, is trying to blood libel Israel as we are the terrorists. We are the ones. And we are not. The whole story happened was a fake story because it happened when they said that Jews want to get rid of some Arab families that live in East Jerusalem. And that's, that's true in the sense we don't want to get rid of them. But by law, that property was bought by Jews in 1860. There were no Palestinian Arabs in 1860 in Jerusalem. In 1890, they built houses, the Jews built houses on that land. And then after, when the statehood of Israel happened, the Jordanians took over that land. And then, and then after the Six-Day War, Israel took back that land again. It's part of Jerusalem. And now the owners of the, the families, the inheritance of that families of that land, want those houses back. So the Arabs that live there now need to pay rent to the Jews. Right. So, and the Jews want it back. So the court said the Arabs have to go out by law. And the Palestinians right. found out about it, so they're causing all this chaos. It's constant. And when we come back on the other side of the break, Israel, we're, we're going to talk about the elections in Israel, what's going on uh, in the country, and, and you know what your perceptions are, uh, how politics work in the state of Israel, and maybe a little about your family and, and how they're doing under this present uh, rocket barrage, how close these rockets are hitting to your close to your house. And so we'll be back and we have a special message from Coach Bruce Pearl, uh, coach of the Auburn men's basketball, the Auburn Tigers. Listen to this great message from Coach Pearl. When we have religious intolerance or racial intolerance, and it creates the, the problems that it just break God's heart, it breaks his heart. We're all his children. And so we got to find a way to celebrate the things that we share in common. And that's our Father God. And then respect the differences that we have and how we pray and how we observe. And I know as a basketball coach, um, my job is to bring teams together and to bring people together. And anti-Semitism or racism or these other ignorances uh, just divide us. The Jews have been an easy target, and unfortunately, we've seen many, many people that just remain silent when anti-Semitism was, was uh, apparent. And it will lead to, uh, it's the Jews now, it'll be somebody else tomorrow, and we can't let that happen. If I'm in a group of four or five guys, and one of those guys is talking about somebody that we know, and he's being really negative, really critical, all right, to the point where he's maybe stepping over the line. If I don't step in and say something, now hold on a second, listen, you are, I respect your opinion, you're a talented, I just want you to know I don't agree with you. I disagree. I think he is much better than that. I'm not trying to start a fight because if I remain silent, well, then the other four of us that were sitting there listening, we all must agree. 
and I don't agree. We can't be silent. We can't be silent. And I think especially the Jewish people who have been on the receiving end of uh, the Holocaust and on the receiving end of, of uh, a lot of hatred can't remain silent when anybody is attacked and persecuted and, and prejudiced against. And so that's kind of what, what we're trying to do, and that's why we're um, working with, with, with Aaron, trying to help him in his, in his ministry. Thank you, Coach Pearl, for standing with Israel Team. And if you'd like to help Israel Team in our mission, you can go to IsraelTeam.org to the Donate section and stand with us today. That's IsraelTeam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. And you can follow Israel and You on Facebook, Israel Team Advocates. You can uh, look us up on, on our website, IsraelTeam.org. Uh, and we have lots of great information in there that will help you understand anti-Semitism, uh, the state of Israel, the return of the Jewish people from the four corners of the earth. Uh, we talk about uh, politics in Israel on the website. So go to IsraelTeam.org. Also follow us on uh, Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music. Uh, you can see all of our archive podcasts there. And we have a special guest with us today, Israel Stefanski from Jerusalem, Israel. And as we know, Israel right now is under rocket fire attack. There's been over a thousand rockets in just the last few days uh, hit Israel. And so welcome back, Israel Stefanski, to Israel and You. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I want to know, how, how is your family doing? Your father is very elderly, and uh, your dad, Abraham Stefanski, founded a Orthodox uh, women's college there in Jerusalem, and how, how is your whole family doing? You're a third-generation Israeli, a Sabra. How are they doing in this uh, present crisis? Thank the Lord everybody is doing okay, and during this time, when remember the last year and a half, the world is under COVID, and here in Israel, we're already out of COVID. I think the numbers that we have right now in Israel that are sick a day are probably in the teens, so most of Israel has been vaccinated. Everything is open. You go outside, it's like pre-COVID. So now the elderly people, and even my parents, are slowly going out a little more from the last year and a half. So yeah, so far so good, one day at a time. Okay, so tell us about the, the climate uh, politically in Israel. What, what's happening with the elections? What do you foresee happening? Well. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, be able to form a government? What's your, what's your take on the political environment in Israel today? Here in Israel, we have a political system of 120 members of Knesset that get divided up into 13 parties, I think we have today. And if you have a majority of 61, so the head of that majority party becomes the Prime Minister. And the last... 16 years that Prime Minister Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel, he gets the majority of the votes, because I would say most of Israel is conservative. And But this last April, we were on our fourth elections in two years. Because we have a parliamentary system with coalitions, so you have to have a coalition of 61. And every time parties, you know, try to get 
you know, ask for more and ask for more. If you don't give it to them, eventually they try to throw you out of office. So this is the climate that's going on. Most of the left parties are very anti-Netanyahu because they want him out of office. He's there for uh, so long or they hate his conservative policies. They don't care what good he's done for Israel. They don't care anything. And even if everybody in Israel knows that the last 10 years was great, they don't care. So they want to try to get him out of office. And in the last elections, again, Prime Minister Netanyahu got his majority of seats. With the other parties, the conservative, he got 52 seats that he has. Now, two breakaway parties that are considered conservative want to do everything to throw him out of office as well because they want to try to become prime minister. And that's what's causing this heated battle in the coalition. So Prime Minister had his first turn to try to put together a government. He, he wasn't able to. Now the head of the opposition has the vote to try to put together a coalition. And so far they are, I think... Uh, eight days into trying it. So I think at the end of this month, if the labor parties don't get a coalition, then it goes back to a general election. But my think thought process of everything that's going on right now in Israel and that you see the Arabs are going wild is part of the, are looking at the government and they see a weak government. What do I mean by a weak government? Every little party, like one party has six seats and the head of that party wants to be prime minister. And it's laughable. And they don't, because they don't have 61, they need to bring in the two Arab parties that, to give a majority. But these parties are supporting the people that are shooting right now towards Israel. So it's very chaotic and crazy, but they want to do it even if it's never done before, just for the name to get out Netanyahu from office. Wow. So it's chaotic. When That's what's going on right now. We hope a solution happens. I mean, that the vote comes back to the Knesset and then the people go out to vote again. Because I think now, after people have seen what the other parties are up to and what is the outcome of it, of if you have a weak government, if the left takes over, I mean, the people of Israel have seen it in the last few days. I think the choice will be very different. And part of the problem is a lot of Israelis don't even come out and vote. So this is not a part. We, Israel is missing, like the conservative parties are missing about 300,000 people to come out and vote to get to 61 without any too many other coalition parties to be, bring along together. So this is where we're standing. Israel, you, you lead an organization called ASTI, Advanced Security Training Institute. Tell us, tell us what you do in that organization. That organization was established from part of my time being on the front line, helping in suicide attacks, terrorist incidents, and seeing what we go through. And then when 9-11 happened, being a part of the rescue in 9-11 and Hurricane Katrina, I took on myself to help America because as an American citizen, I want Americans 
to know the knowledge that I have. So no blood needs to be shed in America. We have it. Enough blood was spilled in Israel. Don't reinvent the wheel. Let's learn of tactics, methodologies we use to help save lives when incidents do occur. And that's what Advanced Security Training Institute does. We take the methodologies of Israel, techniques, and we try to educate American law enforcement in the concept of how to respond, how to deal with, how to prevent incident from terrorist incidents to mass disasters or whichever you know all hazard type of incidents and to try to prevent it and if it does happen how to overtake come the incident in the fastest way possible yeah you travel with uh the prime minister's son yair netanyahu and i was privileged and honored to travel uh with both of you uh, a couple summers ago where we we did events to support Israel and to support uh, the work of Advanced Security Training Institute. And um, you've done a wonderful job. I just have to commend you. I I met, you know, leaders from American Homeland Security that were singing your praises, Israel, about all you've done to help them uh, and train them in counterterrorism techniques. So if people want to understand you know what you do what's your website we can go to www.asti.org and that you have information over there that tells you about the organization some testimonials and the big work that we're working now is about ptsd so much has been going on in america now against the law enforcement communities and they've never been trained to deal with the concept of PTSD. So that's the new thing that we're going into and to try to save as many American first responders and their families from what's going on today in America. And you'll be back as soon as things open up. uh, You'll be back uh, in America traveling with Yair Netanyahu probably this summer. And so here in this program, we hope to interview Yair Netanyahu and Israel Stefanski and uh, support them in their work of helping our American homeland security uh, forces uh, to better understand terrorism. And so thank you so much, Israel, for being with us today on Israel and You. Uh, I also just have to thank you. You've been to all three of my daughter's weddings and the last one, Ellie Shava, my daughter, she, we were rounding the aisle, and you were up in the Golan Heights. Uh, you were called up as a, a tank commander. And uh, she said, is Stefanski going to be here? I said, don't worry. He said he would be here. And you got a three-day leave and flew all the way to the States uh, to see Ellie Shava get married. So I, I thank you for being a part of our family. And thank you for all you're doing and standing with Israel during these very critical days. If you want to learn more about what we do at Israel Team, you can go to israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. And learn about our work on college campuses nationwide as we're standing against the rising tide of anti-Semitism and anti-Israelism. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Israel Team Advocates, and learn more about our work with Coach Bruce Pearl and Coach Dale Brown as we stand with basketball coaches in standing against anti-Semitism across America. Thanks for being with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast 
may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.